Hi friends, it's Cam, your dad, here with a quick note about today's show. We recorded this episode together in my kitchen, which unfortunately doesn't have the sound quality controls of our normal recording areas. However, this episode features an excellent in-depth discussion with our longtime friend, Anna's partner AJ, who is a non-binary person. I hope you'll stick through both the audio issues and our three-minute video game rant. I promise it's worth it. Enjoy the episode! Cyberpunk 2077 is the worst game imaginable in every context whatsoever. And what a horrible launch for a game. Horrible launch, horrible representation. I have to say, the character creation, really cool idea. Have as many options as possible. Execution, terrible. Also, they have a full club that is just dedicated to fetishizing trans people. I mean... The question for me is why? I mean, why would you take the time to put something that specific into your video game and not understand how harmful that is to the community? Here's the thing. They did know, and they kept it in. CD Projekt Red, who made The Witcher 3, which is a game that I love, yet have been unable to play since Cyberpunk 2077 came out as an advert, they got so much pushback from the trans community, from the queer community in general, and from cis people who knew that it was offensive to fetishize trans people, and yet they still did nothing and have this club in the release version of their game. I mean, it feels to me so 1990s video game, you know, like, let's just... Let's just be dudes making video games, and let's just put some, you know, nasty shit in here. I mean, I think about Duke Nukem, and I think about Leisure Suit Larry, uh, you know, as as games that, like, that that was core to the element, is just, like, pushing these buttons, but Sure, but, why? like, Duke Nukem is self-aware. Duke Nukem knows how disgusting his games are, and yet Cyberpunk 2077 doesn't have that layer of, like, oh, we're being really problematic to specific minority communities. Yeah, it's really unfortunate. Uh, so let's talk about maybe the creation part of this. So character creators, you and I love character creators. And, yes. Um, we also love the show Monster Factory that the McElroy's <laughs> do, where that's what they do for fun, is like t- terrorize the character creator to make the absolute most horrific things they can. One thing that you and I share is we have always liked to play as female characters in video games. Correct, yes. That has been a common trend of ours since I can remember playing video games with you. And for me, it's always been, I just sometimes don't want to be little nerdy cam in the video game you know and so being able to be a powerful woman who can kick some ass is is way more fun from the role-playing standpoint it's also why when we play um, Dungeons and Dragons I like to play as female characters as well yeah for me it's sort of like I've used video games as as an escape for many many years and so being able to express myself through a video game is a really helpful tool especially because you know trans identity is not a fun place to be at ever so what's the best character creator game that we have played sims 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 I can't say a specific generation, but Sims in general. Yeah, I mean, I've been into Sims 4 now for a number of years, and um, so far into it that I actually follow content creators now, too. So (laughs) this has gotten uh, out of hand. But uh, yeah, I mean, the idea that you can really create anybody, and The Sims listens to the community, and so when, you know, there's a lot of culturally appropriate hairstyles and skin tones that should exist in the game. They heard the community say that, and they put those things into the game, which I'm... For free, might I for add. For free. In, the, in most cases. I can't say that for every case, but in most cases, they've done that. Additionally, Sims 4 has an amazing trans awareness to it. Like, you can have your Sim have any genitalia, get pregnant any way they want, change the voice. Like, 
there are so many different really cool things about Sims that takes into account the trans identity. And they've had Pride Day events in Sims 4, which also, you know, with with free merch that, you know, is Pride merch, which <laughs> is just, that just is so meaningful. And again, I think it's the difference between a game creation or development studio that understands the community that they're serving and somebody like CD Projekt Red that just completely missed the mark on this. Good job, Sims. transgender person. And I'm Cam, your dad. And this is The Transgender, a podcast chronicling my transition. And a cisgender man learning how to support it. Today is a very special episode. We have one of my partners and a non-binary person, AJ, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Hi, I'm AJ. I use they, them pronouns. I'm a university student studying history and gender studies. So I guess here's an opening question, just because this is what you're studying right now. Um, as a non-bender. As a non-bender. As a non-bender. <laughs> do you feel like your college experience has allowed you to begin to bend? Are you learning? Is it more of... I found my calling outside of bending. <laughs> I found out that I don't need to be a bender in order to hold power and to be true to myself this hey audience if i decide to include this in <laughs> this is an avatar reference and not like gender bending so gender let's just... bending though if it were like avatar bending would be an amazing thing yeah, i control I... the power of femininity in that case i would be a bender <laughs> all right let's see if i can actually ask my question here uh in a coherent way so as somebody who is studying gender in school and as a non-binary person are you learning things about gender in your studies that is helpful in understanding your gender identity? Definitely. It's part of it is being introduced to so many new ways of thinking about gender in that, uh, which allows me to reflect more on my own relationship with gender and able to come to a more coherent understanding of where I'm actually at. That's great. Would you say that you're learning more through your college education than your own experiences and online research? No. (laughs) (laughs) I would say that most of the college side of things is being able to put language to experience, which was very difficult to do beforehand. For a very long time, I was like, well... There's something going on. I can't tell what it is. No one around me can tell what it is. So I guess I'm just going to keep going along and see if it works itself out. Yeah, I mean, that's a fascinating part, I think, about finding gender identity is if you don't have access to any resources that allow you to translate how you're feeling into some semblance of a description... That's got to feel really like floating in outer space. Yeah, it was really difficult. And even when I first started to see non-binary people, I was always like, but could that actually be me? So along with finding language to express yourself a little bit better, has that at all helped you find pronouns and expression that works for you? 
definitely with pronouns. I didn't really start using they them pronouns until I got to college. Before that, I was just kind of floating where I felt uncomfortable with the pronouns that were being used, but I didn't really have anything to replace them. Expression, it's a lot more me allowing myself to explore things that I already knew I was interested in. So allowing myself to pursue the type of clothes I want, the type of hair that I wanted to have, instead of just existing in a way that was less noticeable. Conform, like conforming to society. Yeah. Well, yeah, for the most part. Yeah. So one thing that you said to us um, after you got to listen to our Sims 4 conversation was um, that The Sims, well, it has a lot of options for people, can feel extremely binary because they're sort of choosing from those societally based gender, you know, items and and looks and feels. And, um, and maybe somebody who's non-binary might not feel as represented by that. Yeah, it is a very binary system. So even... They have like a drop down menu for the different types of, uh, gender related things, but you still have to choose one or the other. So it's masculine or feminine, right? Um, if you can get pregnant or if you can get other people pregnant. Even, you do still have to choose either male or female as a gender. And the game will at least sometimes refer to you with pronouns based on that choice. So if I want to create a non-binary character, they're going to get misgendered sometimes. Oh. And that feels like an analog, I think, for how you might be living in society. You know, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't want to speak out of turn here because I myself am mildly non-binary, but in, I would not consider myself non-binary to any extreme extent. Though... I do identify with faith femme pronouns. I would say that in a lot of experiences that I've heard from other non-binary people, it is so hard to express yourself and find that identity. Much harder in some ways than a binary trans person. You know, I have options for surgeries that make my transition much more affirming, um, and hormones that make my journey much more affirming. And well, I'm not saying that non-binary trans people can't use those. It's just, I've heard things that it's much harder for them to feel better on those treatments. Yeah. Because once again, there's the choice of either mm -hmm. or, if you want to exist as a mix of things, if you want to exist in a nebulous state, there's not a lot aimed at trying to figure out that experience. I think back to one of my very, very good friends, Carrie, who always stated that they wanted to exist as a sack of potatoes, as just sort of like a amorphous blob. Um, and I love that, especially for them, because it matches their personality perfectly. But I think that that is a type of feeling that a lot of non-binary people can have is like, how do I exist as neither? Yeah. Exist as neither. Exist as something else. Exist with a little bit of both sometimes. 
there's a lot of different ways to experience being non-binary. And the identifying with a sack of potatoes thing is a very, not that specific joke, but that genre of joke is very, very common. Just this morning, I was uh, looking at a group chat and someone was like, gender of the day, snake. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. That's what the gender is. My experience with non-binary expression is from the view of a binary trans person. And when I see pronouns um, such as, like, snake, snack, snackety snack, or something like that, you know, as an example, or toaster even, I have heard the criticism against my own comments trying to describe gender as something that is nebulous. And I've also experienced it can be used by trans folks to attack especially binary trans people. I mean, the most common gag is the I identify as an attack helicopter. Uh-huh. And I I recognize that when I try and describe gender to people, but I am wondering what it's like from a non-binary point of view. Do you ever feel like you want to identify as something like an attack helicopter? I mean, definitely not an attack helicopter. That sounds like a bad time. <laughs> That's far too violent for AJ, I... I think. I think that when talking to other trans and especially other non-binary people, using things like inanimate objects or animals or something like that to describe your gender is helpful because it gets, it can be a way to metaphorically explain your gender that gets closer at your feelings of it. But when people who don't have the best intentions in mind copy that language, it can be very difficult to see them coming at it from the same point of view, where they're like, oh, this is silly, as opposed to, this is a little out there, but it's a way that I'm describing my gender. Do you like to save money? I know I do. That's why I've started using Upside. Upside is an app that gives you cash back on your everyday purchases. I personally save up to 22 cents per gallon on gas, and there are deals for up to 30% back at restaurants. And if you use our offer code, you can save an additional 15 cents per gallon on your first gas purchase and support the transgender while you're at it. Just go to Upside.com to get the app and use offer code Cameron 634 Nine three six. That's C A M E R O N six three four nine three six to get fifteen more cents off when you fill up your tank. Make your dollars go further with cashback from Upside. You know, the most recent that I have seen this is in a trans server that I was welcomed into to help educate me more for this podcast. And um, just today, there was a, a person on that server who was talking about one of the subgroups, which was a trans femme um, associated group, really bashing this person, this other trans person for not for being trans femme, but not in the way that they felt they should identify as trans femme. And so so it's so interesting, these layers of, you know, it's like being a white person and understanding that white supremacy still lives in me. Being a trans person doesn't 
not make you transphobic sometimes, that there are things about gatekeeping still in gender identity that can be practiced amongst the community itself. And none of us are perfect. I mean, me, me least of all, because I'm catching up so much here <laughs> to, to this, this whole conversation. But, um, but learning more and watching people try to handle those kinds of situations, I just, um, I, it was interesting to me based on that, that that occurred. You know, as a binary trans person who, like I said, experiences some non-binary feelings um, and experiences, I have myself been the target of criticism from people who don't necessarily understand the points that I'm trying to make when I talk about the fluidity that gender is for even non-gender fluid people. Um, and I think that, like, within non-binary, there can be a amount of gender fluidity that doesn't necessarily mean like, oh, well, today I'm feeling femme, but tomorrow I'll feel masculine. It can be, today I'm feeling like a sack of potatoes, and later I will feel like a baked potato. You know, like, there's there's some fluidity there. Well, it, what it sounds like is <clears throat> you want to have room amongst your social groups to be able to express yourself the way that you want to express yourself at any given time. You want to have room in your gender to stretch out a little bit. That is a very good way of putting it. Yeah. yeah. You need that potato sack to have a little <laughs> a little give to it. Listen, we're not going burlap with this sack. We're going spandex all the way. I keep my potatoes in a spandex sack. It's new merch that we'll be putting out soon. <laughs> so... The non-binary experience is something that I have very little experience in, and you, a cisgender person, my father, have no experience in. AJ, you've been living as a non-binary expressing, identifying person now for a few years. Yeah, I definitely started expressing it to other people, like, three and a half to four years ago. How has your experience changed with the times and your own growth? Well, part of it is I'm always very hesitant around change. And so I definitely took my time with coming out to people and took my time trying to figure out what parts of the gender that I was assigned I actually enjoyed. Because there are some things that I enjoy about the gender I was given. There's a lot of things I really don't, which is part of the reason why I was like, I don't think this one is right. And you also don't think that the other side, trans man, is correct for you either. not a man, but I'm also definitely not a woman. Yeah. So, was how early in your thinking about what your identity is, did you make that realization? So I've been thinking about my gender for a lot longer (laughs) than I've been expressing it to anyone else. So like, sometime in middle school, my brain was like, "Mm, there's something going on. Part of it was, I have three brothers, and I knew that I didn't have the same gender as them. I was like, no, that's not quite right. So I, for a long time, just assumed, well, then I must just be something within the gender I was assigned. The first experiences I had with non-binary people was in high school, and the first people that I met, I was like, this is interesting, 
but not me. And so it took until college for me to be like, actually, I want to try this. Well, and that's so funny because I just think it's tropey, but it's true that we can begin to express ourselves differently when we fly the coop, regardless of what that situation was in our coop and get to college and have guilty, guilty as charged guilty as charged <laughs> knowing that your coop was fully supportive of you it still took having outside life experiences for you to be able to try these things out and see how people in the real world were going to react so so thanks college <laughs> for, <laughs> for existing in some ways for that yeah i mean like one of the first gender expression things that i remember doing very clearly was cutting my hair short which I did near the end of my first year of college. And it was after years of wanting to cut it short, but information from other people being like, you'll hate it. You won't like it. It won't be good. But it was like actually a cis person being like, hey, I'm getting all my hair cut off. Do you want to come with me and do that too? Because I know you've been talking about it. And I was like, actually, yes, thank you. <laughs> So I actually can speak on this being a binary trans person of I had that exact same experience from both sides. And I still get that, you know, um, a lot of cis women will be like, oh, well, like you would hate to experience periods or anything like that. And my response always is to them. No, I wouldn't because it would make me feel euphoric in my gender. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I understand that it sucks for everyone who experiences them. But also, like, you don't have dysphoria, so maybe let's talk about that instead. So I, I understand the, oh, well, you would hate it. You would hate to have your hair grow long. You would hate to wear whatever, you know? And so it that is not exclusive to non-binary people. That is a common yeah. trans trope. And cis trope, if you are expressing your gender that isn't how the general public likes to think of you. Yeah. Any sort of gender expansiveness is critiqued. Absolutely. So you talked about gender euphoria, and I think that's a really good um, transition to our uh, segment that we now do each week, which is about gender euphoria. And uh, Anna and I have decided to put AJ on the spot tonight and say, what what's making you feel euphoric in your gender lately? Um. So last week, Anna and I went to an antique store. And it was my first time ever going to an antique store. And it was a really cool experience, but I found a leather jacket there that, like, the second that I put it on, I was like, oh, oh yeah, this is it. (laughs) (laughs) Just being able, like, it both felt good internally, and then also, like, Anna was there. So, like, seeing her expression when I put the jacket on, I was like, oh, that's good. Like, both I get... Like, it feels good to me myself, and it gets the reaction I want from other people. What I would say is, uh, with AJ sitting right next to me here, AJ's gender expression has become greaser. Uh, <laughs> yes. From... <laughs> <laughs> and it's a perfect look for who AJ is. Not into cars, though. No, I am not into cars. They're a little terrifying. <laughs> Thank you so much, AJ, for being on the podcast today. We really appreciate you talking about your experiences and, and being here for this. Being a guestbert of sorts mm-hmm. in a topic that I have very little experience in and that my father has absolutely no experience in, as it's, is usual for this podcast. <laughs> well, I'm glad I could be here. It's been a fun time. 
If you have questions about transitioning or supporting someone who is transitioning and you'd like to talk to us about it on the show, please shoot an email to questions at transgendapod.com. Be sure to check out our episode description for links to resources on today's topics. Thanks for listening. I've been Cam. I've been Anna. And this has been The Transgenda. Love you all, except the biggest.